So we are rolling. Awesome. Yeah, go ahead, Eden. <laughs> the funny thing is, is yeah. that's not going to get edited out. Yes, it will be. Because it it's so cute to me. Also, this will be edited out. Because it's so cute. <laughs> it's cute, okay? Friendship is cute. <laughs> it's adorable. Okay, go ahead. Okay, this is Burn This Book, a band books book club where we, Nicole and Eden, read a band or challenge book twice a month and discuss its meaning, impact, and censorship to make it more accessible for all readers. Welcome to our bonus episode Woo! of Dungeons and Dragons. So joining us today are the hosts of the podcast Adventure AI, Jason Conforto and Tyler Crump. Tell us about yourselves. Please. Yeah. Well, so I'm Jason Conforto. So Tyler and I are friends who play Dungeons and Dragons and we wanted to do a podcast and there's a lot of Dungeons and Dragons podcasts out there. We wanted to do actual play because we wanted to... Have fun. Uh, have fun and have an excuse <laughs> to play Dungeons and Dragons because it's hard to find time to, to play Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. But we we found a small niche that we that nobody else is doing that to we've heard knowledge. to our knowledge uh, as a podcast, which is playing Dungeons and Dragons with AI. And we let our artificial intelligence, who actually named himself Alex the Language Lord. So we let, <laughs> we, we, we play Dungeons and Dragons with Alex the Language Lord mm-hmm. and uh, and some guests, uh, of which Eden has been one. Mm-hmm. Yay. And season three. Season three. <laughs> the Revenant Rock. The Revenant. <laughs> for, for those of you that are interested. Yeah, so... so. That's us. That's right. We've been we've been playing Dungeons and Dragons most of our youth, which is now long gone. It feels like. Yeah, and it feels it, that makes it sounds like we knew each other yeah, when we, we were kids. Didn't. We didn't. We're not childhood friends. We're adult friends. Yes. Oh, okay. but we've been playing D and D since we were children. Respective. But not children in together. Your respective. But not children, yeah, in our respective parts. Because when I was a child, children. Tyler wasn't born. Probably. Is probably probably part of that problem. Yeah, actually, I actually don't know our age. To, how old? Yeah. Do you mind me asking how old you? I do are? mind. Okay. Never mind. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, Were you child uh, I'm, of the eighties? Because that is very relevant. I'm forty six. Okay. Born in nineteen seventy seven. The same year Star Wars was born. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. We, this is the perfect age mm-hmm. for this conversation. Yeah, I was born yeah. in the 80s. Yes. So, yes, yeah. 85. 85. Perfect. Um, which makes me 38-ish. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that my body's not falling apart. Okay. The first <laughs> the first time I played D&D, Tyler was alive. So Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. So, I was on the earth. In fact, I pretty much credit my presence on earth to Jason. We, we were playing Dungeons and Dragons and we summon a demon and, uh-huh, and uh-huh. Tyler was born. And he murdered a few people. <laughs> That's um, how it happened. How, what parts of the country were you living in? Did you grow up and like play D&D? And- I grew up in San Diego, California. Okay. And uh, yeah, that's where I learned how to play. Okay, cool. And yeah, I'm from Northern Utah. So. You're from Northern Utah? Yeah. Cool. Um, I only ask because uh, as we've learned about the satanic panic and its relationship with D and D, there were some little hotbeds oh, those early yeah. days. Mm. Northern California was one of them, mm-hmm. and um, then the East Coast, and then Middle America. <laughs> so I guess all of America, <laughs> but um, the hotspot America. <laughs> <laughs> but specifically, it, like really, it really started in California. So mm, yeah, I think kind of like that. In many cases, like any smaller town that even had heard of Dungeons and Dragons, uh-huh. I'm sure that there was some level of panic, right? Yeah, because. Yeah. Dragons, Dra- Well, no, it's <laughs> yeah. more the 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 demons and oh, the right. the yeah. see, like like there is like legitimately there are devils and demons and yeah. evil things that can happen in in a game of Dungeons and Dragons, and so I think it was an easy leap to to get yeah. into the the satanic panic. Let's explain the satanic panic because yeah, I yeah. think we talk about it a lot, but there's a lot of people who genuinely don't know. Yeah, what that means. So, um, Nicole, would you kick us off? Oh my gosh. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, so when we're using the term sat- satanic panic, we're mostly talking about the 1980s and 1990s. And it started off with, um, a series of high profile court cases against different daycare centers. Specifically, the first one was the McMartin daycare center mm-hmm. and a parent accused the daycare center of doing satanic rituals on children there. Mm-hmm. Um, later on, that parent had been diagnosed with multiple personality disorder and then eventually died. Wait, was there any sort of truth to like, no. like and there was no, like no there ritual was, at all. Like there singing was no a song evidence. before. No, what, okay. there was absolutely no evidence. And the way that it was handled, it became one of the most expensive and long lasting trials in American history. It went from, I have the dates right here. So I'm going to grab them so that 
you guys can trust me. <laughs> uh, without dates, it's not true. <laughs> no, I you. you believe me? Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> it started off in 1983, and um, the... The trials ended um, like 1989, I think. So you might want to fact check that. But um, we can fact check it. But there was no evidence of anything. The way that it was handled was <clears throat> this woman accused the daycare, and then the police got involved, and they started bringing in tons and tons of children to ask them questions. And they even sent home letters to all the parents saying, "Your child may have been abused. You should ask oh. your kid." Really freaked everybody out, mm. and um, and a lot of children were being asked leading questions, and so they would just say stuff like, "Yeah, sure, I don't know." I, um, one person who was involved in the case later on came out and even said. Um, this guy, Kyle Zer Zerpolo, one of the former McMartin students who made allegations, um, told the LA Times, it was an ordeal. I remember thinking to myself, I'm not going to get out of here unless I tell them what they want to hear. And he explained that he had just been lying the mm -hmm. whole time. He was like a five-year-old kid. Sure. Like, yeah. He didn't know what was happening. It was very confusing. Um, but this case, like it completely exploded and more and more parents were starting to accuse daycare centers of abusing their children and using satanic rituals to mm -hmm. do it. There was this belief that there's like this organized system of Satanism. Even if you didn't believe in Satan, you still believed that people were practicing Satanism. Mm -hmm. So you could be progressive liberal and an atheist and still believe that Satanism was just spreading like wildfire. Sure. So that was the beginning of the 1980s. And, um, and then D&D steps in, mm -hmm. starts to become really popular with kids. And, and it's an easy target. It's at that an point. easy but target. Like, like, and I don't know like how much you can blame a parent for something like that, right? Like if, yeah. if I had my kid in daycare and all this stuff was yeah. going on, I would be pretty freaked out. I'd and be the like, concept what, of daycare is even pretty what, new. Yeah. yeah. What, are, what are we doing with our, like it, uh, what happened to our child, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. I, th I think I would be... Uh, legitimately scared, but yeah, with with Dungeons and Dragons, I, th I think this is like the first, uh, the big story, the first big story with that. There was this this kid, I believe he was uh, a college student on like mm -hmm. Michigan campus or something like that, and yeah. he went missing, and and people thought that he went into like the uh, the underground tunnels, the steam tunnels, the steam tunnels yeah. in in underneath the campus, mm -hmm. and uh, it had something to do with like living out a game of Dungeons and Dragons that he was playing with his friends. Because when they, when the parents hired a, a private investigator, uh, the private investigator f saw some yeah. D and D stuff and, and saw some maps with D and D and was like, Hey, these maps could be like maps of the, the tunnels underneath campus. And maybe he went down there and he, and this investigator made up a story mm -hmm. about how he was trying, this kid was trying to live out this D and D adventure under the under the campus, turns out the uh, the guy really had uh, some um, mental health issues and ran away. He wasn't he never went underground mm -mm. anything like that. Um, later he uh, he ended up committing suicide and, mm -hmm. and had a tragic uh, story and and end. But this whole the Dungeons and Dragons got swept into this mm -hmm. right and launched the career. Of Tom Hanks. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that yes. crazy? Mazes. What's that movie called? I think it, it was Mazes, his first Mazes. movie. Yeah. His first movie was this no story. Way. Yeah. It was a made for TV movie. Yeah. 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 So Tom Hanks yeah. needs to thank Dungeons and Dragons yeah. for his career, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. But yeah, because it told the, it was like the fictionalized version of the story right, of right, right. James. Where, where it James actually Dallas did happen. Yeah. 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 And what's also interesting is that he was like a 16 year old, like, Prodigy. computer prodigy yeah. at college. So like he was already kind of an outsider in the whole situation. Mm -hmm. And um, the big tragedy of it for me is a lot of these stories are like, they're distracting from actual problems. James, Egbert, uh, I always want to switch his name. James Dallas Egbert clearly had some, like some stuff right. he could have gotten help. And mm -hmm. there are children that really do get abused. And, but the thing that is frustrating, which we've seen with a lot of things in the last 10 years, is that it distracts from the fact that like abuse usually happens with people you know. It's not usually a random Satanist. Right. <laughs> not, usually, usually not a random. In. It's usually uh -huh. a specific <laughs> Satanist that gets you. No, I know. But <laughs> it's the Satanist that you know that you got to be worried about. <laughs> there was a New York Times article that I thought was really great, which everyone should read. It's called It's Time to Revisit the Satanic Panic by Alan Uhas. And it was published in 2021. But, um, 
he goes in and he does like a Vox style kind of article explaining the satanic panic. But he explains that, um, I'm just, this is a wild thing, that uh, <laughs> over the course of the satanic panic, nearly 200 people were charged with crimes that had mm-hmm. to do with Satanism and dozens were convicted. And many people were eventually uh, freed and um, found innocent, but it was usually after like 20 something years of being in prison. Wow. Yeah. So it has like real world ramifications. Mm-hmm. Real lives are being ruined by mm-hmm. this. Um, and here we are laughing and joking about it. Giggling. Yeah. You guys are horrible giggling. people. <laughs> but I do think D&D is interesting because, yeah, it comes in so I, and families. Yeah, yeah I had, uh, so growing up <laughs> when we were, yeah, families, um, in San Diego when we played, yeah. um, we played with a bunch of people in our church group. And uh, <laughs> and the bishop's son was not allowed to play with us, yeah, because we were playing Dungeons and Dragons, and 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 it was the it was all part of the yeah. uh, the satanic panic, and we got around it in a very nerdy way, because <laughs> we were playing a version of Dungeons and Dragons called Dragon Lance, okay. which is still Dungeons and Dragons, but we just told his parents, the bishop, that we were playing Dragon Lance, yeah. and he didn't know what that was, and so <laughs> it was like. <laughs> so it worked. It was yeah. it was great and fine. But it's funny. I will still talk to grown adults today about playing D anD D, and it's not as much anymore. But I still have friends that are like, "You shouldn't be playing that. Like that's it's mm, kind of it's it's evil. Like like you yeah, shouldn't be doing yeah. that." Even now, you're saying, "Yeah, yeah, really? yeah." I, invite that I, into your home. Yeah, and uh, and I usually tell them, you know, the the type of people that say Dungeons and Dragons are evil are the same people that say Harry Potter is evil. Like mm-hmm, it, it's mm-hmm, the same, mm-hmm. it's the same group and, and it may not be the exact same group, but if I can be little people who believe that, I, I feel <laughs> like I've done my job. <laughs> That's how I win arguments. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, Jason's a tall guy. I am a very so he's tall very guy. good at belittling. Yeah. <laughs> I look down on everyone. <laughs> I think it is interesting though, that because of this fear of demons and stuff in in Dungeons and Dragons, I learned, and maybe you guys can tell me if I'm wrong or right. Mm, okay. That, right. <laughs> that TSR, that's the company that used to mm-hmm. own. Yeah. Before Wizards of the Coast. They restricted a lot of the, they took out a lot of the demons and devils mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. Wizards of the Coast, Wizards of the Coast? Wizards yeah. of the Coast. Wizards of the Coast. Our friend Michelle Sutterfield used to work for yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, um, until they came in. On the coast. On the coast. coast yeah. There's yeah. a bunch of wizards. <laughs> <laughs> You guys heard of uh, Twilight, you know? Vampires, <laughs> wizards, I've heard. Yeah. I've heard and it's I the love same it. Thing. <laughs> no, yeah, my understanding with a lot of that was in part yeah. because, you know, when the first books were published in like, well, the 1970s, I don't know exactly mm-hmm. what year. 1974. Uh, 1974. So yeah. the first books were published in 1974. They did have like demons and devils. Mm-hmm. But again, like generally speaking, the whole purpose was like, you're the good guy that fights the mm-hmm. bad guys, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And of course you have to have a bad and then demons and devils make sense for them to be yeah give, give you something to fight yeah it's like it's very clear to who where the, the lines of like oh good versus evil kind of thing well, at least most of the that yeah mo- most there there is this thing in dungeons and dragons where you can pick if you want to be like a hero a scoundrel or a villain mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. And, and you know good neutral and, and evil is what they, yeah. what they what yeah. they call and uh a lot of players, not all, most players want to play good heroes, mm-hmm. right? That's what they want to do. And then some want to play like rogues and, and stuff where they can kind of subvert the law and and whatnot. But every now and then there are players who want to be the villains. They want to be the bad guys. They want to run campaigns yeah. where they're, where they're doing evil stuff. And, and that is a legitimate way to play the game. And so yeah. I think there, there is that argument that they could choose to do that. But I've, I've found that most people, they want to be the heroes. They don't want to be the villain. So, mm-hmm. Um, before we get too deep, let's let you two give us like a 30 second elevator pitch of what D and D is. Yeah. I just realized we just like jumped right into oh, wow. it. And I, now I know readers, you've played Dungeon. Have you, Nicole, I've have you played ever played it twice? I she would, actually, of the two of us, she played it first. Oh, I did. Yeah. 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 Nice. Because because I think it's kind of more fun to hear people who don't play D and D describe what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Try to describe what it's make it is. believe. <laughs> it's a lot of people playing make believe and making it kind of really rule oriented. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rule oriented. It's like a really structured. <laughs> you know, when when we talk about you, your your whole thing is about books, right? Mm-hmm. All of the Dungeons and Dragons books 
are just rule books. There's instructions mm-hmm. mostly. They mm-hmm. are. It, it's like a, it's a framework. Volumes and yeah. volumes of just like rules to how to play this game. That's yeah. all that that is. But yeah, I'll let Tyler. I would say the way that I like to describe Dungeons and Dragons is I call it like group storytelling mm-hmm. is more mm-hmm. than anything else, right? Where you get the opportunity to get together with friends and to create a story together. Yeah. Right? Now, the fact that you are in some sort of like magical environment or whether you use like different abilities and skills or summoning demons, whatever it is, like that's just the mechanisms and the framework that allows you to create the story together. But that's how I've always described Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, group storytelling it's is very the same. Very pro-social. Yeah. 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 You could argue that those detectives and policemen and children <laughs> played a version of D&D. Mm-hmm. Of mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that take. Yeah. Pulps are just group storytellers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I got that far, but... <laughs> it's not wrong. <laughs> no, but I, I do think, the like... Ultimately, a lot of the things when it comes down to it is like the motivation is ultimately money, right? Like they've made, they've made a game. They wanted to promote yeah. the game. They do the business. They take some of the, like what, like, could you imagine like starting a business and being like, hey, wow, we have this, fun thing. We have this <laughs> great game. We created this board game. We're going to release it. And the next thing you know, the news is like, this game is evil. And you're like, great. There goes our marketing. Where's our, <laughs> where's our PR person? How yeah. Either this? that. I mean. Uh, all news is good news, right? Or yeah, all PR is good art. So, yeah. so maybe it really created the uh, how popular D and D got. Well, it did. I mean, after James Dallas. Dallas, Dallas, I did he? I thought he went by Dallas. I oh. don't know, <laughs> but I do know that after that whole situation, mm. the sales for the basic set increased, and the internet was like dicey on it. It sure. said either mm. like five thousand went from like five thousand five thousand copies per month, all the way up to like thirty thousand copies wow, per month because of mm-hmm. like the it, attention it, that it, it got. gave so much attention to the. I don't even know what the basic set means, but it seems important. That's like the basic, <laughs> and it seems like a big money maker rules. Okay, right? there you go. Is yeah. it? It's yeah. like to yeah. It's, okay, it's the starter set. Okay. It's it's what you the minimum amount of information mm-hmm. you need to play the game. Yeah. It's the most basic. Yeah, yeah. It's the basic it's very set. Basic. Yeah, it's, very it's the basic, basic set. Yeah. Basically, yeah. to to anyone who plays board games, that piece of paper that you toss to the side. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> the one that I like. That's, the that's, that's what at. all the books of D and D are. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, it's overwhelming. Yeah. It, oh it is ridiculously overwhelming. <laughs> Seriously, I like I I played a couple times, and just doing the research over this last week, I was just like, Eden, I don't even know how to talk about this. I don't know. <laughs> um, but Eden found a really good quote by Gary Gygax in response to what you were saying. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, that That's was true. really good. Oh yeah, so this was this happened on sixty minutes. Um, they brought the mother who founded the one person advocacy group. <laughs> Uh, Wait, is they that were the name of the advocacy group, oh, no. or it was an advocacy group of one person. The advocacy b- uh, group of one person mm-hmm. bothered about Dungeons and Dragons, bad. or the acronym BAD. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, so she and the like cute. That it's kind of cute to bothered. <laughs> yeah. bothered. Bothered. Yeah. Bothered <laughs> about <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons. I do think people are dying bad. because of it, and it bothers me. Just like Satanism bothers me. Mildly inconvenienced about it's like and dragons. so it's so inoffensive, but yeah. But anyway, she Gary, made it on sixty minutes. Her heart. It bless her heart. <laughs> Gary Gygax said, um, basically, this is make believe. No one is martyred. There's no violence there. To use an analogy with another game, who is bankrupted by a game of Monopoly? Nobody is. The money isn't real. There is no link, except perhaps in the mind of those people who are desperate, who are looking desperately for any other cause than their own failures as a parent. Whoa. Which, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, so like, he was mad yeah. about this game yeah. he yep. created. Yeah. yeah Gary I, takes his baby and yeah. you call it ugly. And yeah. He's just like, well, you're a bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that being said, I have been in heated Monopoly games before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so some horrible things you can happen say. in the right. name of Monopoly, for yep, sure. Yep. Anti-social things, I <laughs> <Yeah>. argue. Yes. <laughs> My favorite is Eden's comment under that goes, harsh. Oh, yeah, I wrote under <laughs> that. <laughs> harsh. On our notes. harsh. Like, reading harsh. that as a parent is like, oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> what things am I, like, turning a blind eye to because... I don't want it to be, yeah, I don't want to address, like, a major thing. Granted, my kid is three, so there's not much. Yeah, yeah. yeah it is true. I, but I, I think a lot of the cases, right, when you think, okay, 
especially in we're talking like the 90s right mm-hmm. so this is like uh no we're not talking about the 90s 80s. we're talking about the 70s and the 80s so this mm-hmm. is pre-internet mm-hmm. this is restricted levels of information these are people who when they wanted to get stuff like they had to go to the library and hope that they had some information or it was like the name maybe it'll be in the encyclopedia next year right mm-hmm. and i can mm-hmm. learn about it mm-hmm. so to some degree like sure you can't blame parents entirely for being like hey i want to be able to you can't blame them children or for mm-hmm. they think are scary yeah right? and it's not yeah. the worst thing to be bothered about this stuff yeah. Yeah. parents parents should be bothered parents, it's okay for people, it's okay <laughs> for parents to be mildly, mildly mildly concerned bothered. Mildly bothered, but yeah. i think just like many other things you you to talk about on your podcast right like one of the biggest thing is like bridging the gap of understanding. And I think mm-hmm. that for me, like when I was growing up, like my parents heard the same thing when I was like, Hey, I'm going to play Dungeons and Dragons. And they're like, mm, I don't know if that's good. Right. Right. So for me, it was like, okay, I how do I bridge this gap between where my parents think what is going to happen and what really actually does happen in these yeah. environments. And it's like, okay, well let's come together and let's look at these books together and let's talk about how this is. And ultimately when we got to the point that we were playing Dungeons and Dragons in my house, it was like, you're playing here. Like my parents were like, all right, if you're going to do satanic rituals, <laughs> you're going to do it under our roof or not at all. <laughs> you will use our summoning circle in our basement. <laughs> uh, but, it, that, but that's how my, my parents approach was just like, Hey, like, if our concern about it mm-hmm. is whatever it may be, then they, they took the approach of like supervision. It's like, okay, yeah. well yeah. I can sit in the next room and I can listen to what they're saying. Yeah. yeah. And if they're saying like, Oh, we're going to be, you know, we should murder. Mom. Yeah, murder <laughs> like, um, can we put the book down for a bit? Guys? This doesn't feel good. Yeah. We were playing in the kitchen with all the sharp knives and yeah. everything. But, um, but if you, if you saw a group of kids from the eighties playing Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. you'd be like, "Oh, these sweet nerds." You would. <laughs> you, 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 you when you see kids doing it today, you're yeah. still like, "Oh, you're these like, sweeties." Do you guys want to go out and drink or something? Hardly <laughs> true. My parents did take that approach. They were like, "Look, my kid." One, and once we started doing it, it was just yeah. like, no, 100%. My parents would rather we got together as kids, mm-hmm. played these fantastical stories of us pretending yeah. to be wizards, uh, fighting fake dragons. Yeah. Right, Being monsters. forced to do math. Being forced to do math. Yeah. And reading. Yes, yeah. Math and reading. So much reading. While <laughs> eating snacks. It's like that. While or eating snacks. Uh-huh. <laughs> doing something else that could potentially be much worse, right? And for my parents, it was like, once they saw what it was, it was like, no big deal. Now, that being said, I think Jason and I both have had experiences of very weird people uh, in D&D Yeah, we've talked about this. Do you want to go first? Yeah. (laughs) So we have, yeah, they're very similar experiences where I'm like 13 years old, and this guy I know who's in his 30s is like, hey, you play D&D. Do you want to play D&D with me? I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah I love. Yeah, yeah sure. let's go for it. So he, he and I, um, get in his car, and we drive from North County, San Diego downtown, and we go into this guy's house, and and I'm just this kid, and I find myself in this like small like smoke filled room with a bunch of adults like who are my age now yeah. and just as nerdy as I am now like playing D&D with these with these adults <laughs> in this place and I'm just like the only kid in a room full of adults that I have never met, in your met before in my life Whoa, and like so it was one of those things where it's like I'm kind of uncomfortable but I get to play a wizard yeah, and and fortunate they they weren't. Well, I'm not going to say that because we're going to keep this family friendly. But you have a story, right? Uh, no, well, see, for mine, it was like we would have friends over, we'd invite friends, and you know, as word kind of got out, yeah, more people became more comfortable with Dungeons and Dragons that they were like, hey, we like, hey, can I like, can I bring somebody? And we're like, cool, we can bring somebody. And then one person was like, hey, can I bring somebody? It's like, yeah, cool. And then like, yeah, this like 45 year old guy shows up <laughs> who while we're playing Dungeons and Dragons, so old, taking smoke breaks. I know so. At the time, absolutely yeah. so old. <laughs> and we're like in high school, like we're like 14, 15 years old. And yeah. And like 45 year old guy. And it was just like, my parents were just like, who, why is there <laughs> a fully grown man? Yeah. Here? And he's like smoking out front. Like, who is this guy? 
again. That, that being said, I am that person now. Aside from smoking, <laughs> like, like I have had, I've had, like last time I played with a bunch of kids, I had like 16 kids over to my house where yeah. I'm like playing Dungeons and Dragons yeah. with, with a room full of uh-huh. like 11 and 12 year old, 13 yeah. year old kids. But did their kids. parents know? No. Are you kidding? <laughs> I had to, I had to like text them privately oh my and gosh. send them notes and, and things to get them over. I left trails of candy from their house oh to my, my house. Yeah. I, had to, I, had to, had I had to pick van. them up in my van. Yeah. It was, no, their parents didn't know. No, yeah. Yes, their parents. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I and I <laughs> I invited several of their parents, like yeah. Tyler, who did brought you, his. Did, did, yeah. So I wasn't yeah. the only adult in the room. Yeah. But I have played D and D with with a whole range of ages yeah. and whatnot. And, and I, yeah. I think a lot of it comes back, like what I what we were saying before is like the idea of kind of bridging the gap between people what they thought it was, and like Dungeons and Dragons has come a long way, mm-hmm. right? From the yeah. point where. Oh, I do have. Where it was. Oh, do you have another? Oh, I, just one more story. So I played with a kid in my neighborhood. He was like a senior in high school, and my daughter was a year younger than him. And she said that uh, they would walk on campus and they'd see him, and she'd say to her friend, "That's my dad's friend." <laughs> That's, that's a kid. That's a kid. My dad plays D and D with. That's pretty cute, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's also a little weird. Yeah, it's very weird. But it's also it's very weird. But it is fascinating how like easily these stories, like how thin the line is between cute versus like creepy. Yes. Like the guy picking you up when you're a kid. Mm-hmm. That's so that very unbelievably yeah. creepy. And I think that's like the D and D thing is for a lot of parents, where it's yeah. like. It's cute, but also it's so close to scary right. that we and, don't know and, how to handle that. And I should say, I have teenage kids the, <laughs> that yeah. I play with as well, yeah. and they're there when I'm playing yeah. with these yeah. other kids. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, more yeah. like I'm I'm trying to provide an experience right. for yeah. my kids. Yeah, and, and your experiences aren't creepy. Like yeah. you participating, it sounds like such a community thing. It right. does, and like You're it sounds so out to parents and saying, "Hey, yeah. like, this is a fun get together, safe space for yeah. kids and stuff." But like, it's just really interesting, and I think like. The, the tiny bit of creepy factor with different generations hanging out, really people kind of latch onto. That's something we've learned about reading. Like there could be like one sentence that will freak someone out yeah. and the whole book then is like banned. Mm-hmm. And you're like, whoa, whoa. And I think like to give the benefit of the doubt when I was thinking about your parents, mm. um, I think a lot of parents, especially in the 80s, had kind of gone through, like that was like Ted Bundy times. Yeah. And there was some stuff creepy that. stuff. Mm-hmm. And also there was like, we had the Charles Manson stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and people mm-hmm. were carving 666 and whatever and their yeah. body parts and that was on TV. And like, I think that like the reality of evil was very yeah, upfront and the milk personal. carton kids, right? Yeah. Right in front of your yeah. face all so day. So that was very personal. And so I could see, like, I have a lot of compassion for that. And even the QAnon people today who I think that, that this is, it's like obviously a carryover. A predecessor. Yeah. yeah. Is like, they're still in that mind frame, mind frame, mind space, mindset, mind space, mind space. Mind spe- <laughs> They're in heads. I have that app. The app. Um, <laughs> they're in that <laughs> app of headspace. This podcast brought to you today. By by headspace. <laughs> I wish, I know. but I do have a lot of compassion for that because I think like I didn't experience it. That was never on my news mm-hmm. situation. True. Mine was the Elizabeth Smart Columbine era. Yeah. So I'm very aware of like yeah. that kind of stuff to the point of paranoia. Yeah. And so I do have compassion for that, but it is cool to see like how that's changed into this community oriented, really mm-hmm. pro social, really like beautiful creating mentorship with kids that's really cool mm-hmm. and um but i if i was still really stressed out about like the ted bundy life oh absolutely <laughs> it would be like i don't know mm-hmm. i don't know yeah yeah no, it, it, it is true like the whole the whole evil thing right yeah because like even now i don't i don't know if it, like, i don't feel like i hear people referring to things as like evil as much now as problematic. Maybe it's just me, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I think that there's still, and this is one of the things that I personally have issues with, but like, I think it was what, it's like another mm-hmm. version. I think we were talking about this a little bit, but it's like another version of what was happening with the Dungeons and Dragons of being able to say, hey, we're good Christian folks. And then, mm-hmm. you know, D&D falls on the opposite side of this line. And I think that it, that's still kind of what's happening today. I don't think we quite, I guess it may be related to your article, right? The satanic panic, the idea of being like, there is there is something that draws a line between what is considered righteous and what is not. Yeah. And I think in when it comes to like identity politics today that it's very easy for people to be like 
in America, Christianity is that line, right? Yes. And then, you know, Jesus is the one who draws that line. And because you're either on this side or you're on that side. Uh-huh. And that if any of your beliefs or policies or support or ideas, if a single one is on the wrong side, then that means that anything you do or say mm-hmm. cannot be trusted, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, you know, again, I think, you know, D&D... It's kind of like moved past that where it's no longer in that phase where people look at Dungeons and Dragons and say, oh, this is evil. This is bad. So they, they've just gone to like general entertainment. And I think that's yeah. just an evolution. Yeah. Of how that's and, been, and, and came there with a lot of pop culture stuff. right? <laughs> so much. You pop know, mm-hmm. with, with comic book movies coming out and, uh, and Stranger Things, Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Right. All, all these things like all of a sudden, like it's cool to be a nerd. It's cool to be Absolutely. in all this stuff. And you're yeah. like, finally, I know. <laughs> for finally. Real, Shout out to the first media nerd, Seth Cohen. It's awesome. There's there's also uh, another side of, of Dungeons and Dragons and role playing in general that I think is really good that that doesn't get talked about very much and that's uh how it affects the lgbtq community mm-hmm. and i don't know if you've spent a lot of time Mm-mm. in this uh in the space or um, but a lot of kids who are lgbtq will play dungeons and dragons because it's an opportunity for them to put on a persona and try something right mm-hmm. and these kids are are in the closet for so long and they mm-hmm. they feel trapped by who they are and now they get to play a game where they get to pretend to be something, right? Mm-hmm. And often they get to pretend to be what they actually are, right? Yeah. And, and it's a it's a cool way to to experience this. I remember messing up once with a with a transgender kid who who I didn't know was transgender, mm-hmm. and she wanted to play a character aligned with her gender before she came out, right? And before she transitioned. So she wanted to play a female character. And I was like, maybe you shouldn't play a female character. Maybe it might be better to play <clears throat> a male character so that people refer to you as as male and whatnot. And I didn't realize that at the time. Yeah. She was looking for an outlet to express her female side mm-hmm. that, that she never had. And later when she came out and I found out that she was transgender, I, I looked back at that moment and I thought, what was I, what was I getting out of uh, putting oh. up that barrier for mm. her on, on that? Yeah. And, and uh, kind of really shifted my, my thoughts on, on how playing a, a different gender in that game can actually be a healthy experience for for some of these kiddos and, yeah. and so it was it was kind of eye-opening for me and, and something that I try to be aware of when playing Dungeons and Dragons with individuals is that this could be a healthy thing in a way to express a part of themselves that gets silenced for so long of their lives. Yeah, that's, that's so really beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. That's gorgeous. I don't even know. That. <laughs> <laughs> My word. Um, I do have a quick question oh, yeah. real quick. Yeah. So why do you both love Dungeons and Dragons? Like what attracted you to the game when you were kids and mm-hmm. has that evolved that attraction to it? So for me, Dungeons, so it's, it's multiple parts, right? For me, it's like the number one thing was because we were in the 1900s, <laughs> right? <laughs> Technology was not as good as it is today, right? I didn't have a video game. Uh, and yeah, no, and, but partly true, right? Like there were just not games mm-hmm. that were structured like in a way that allowed you to have the level of freedom and choice that Dungeons and Dragons allows you to have, right? Every game has rules and those rules are oftentimes very strict and explicit and like video games as cool as they are you know you can only do so much when you have to essentially code every single possible outcome that can happen in the game so for me Dungeons and Dragons was always just like oh it's a game that we can play where there was like no limits like Mm -hmm. it was like whatever you wanted to do we could do Mm -hmm. whatever you wanted to decide there was a consequence Um, and to me that was fun it was fun to be able to have something so open when it came to creating stories and having experiences and and just like enjoying time together with friends that you were essentially unrestricted uh in a way and that's to me that was kind of what my the allure was i don't know jason i had had a similar experience i actually grew up illiterate so i didn't learn how to read till i was like 16 years old and i remember i had a best friend who he would actually read to me choose your own adventure books, right? Oh. And we would I go to his house and we'd play 
And he was a big reader. He was smart and just a super nerd, like one of the nerdiest guys. I love him to death. He's, mm-hmm. he's still one of my best friends. But he would read to me these books and, and mm-hmm. take me on these little adventures and, and whatnot. And I remember when we were in elementary school, we had a uh, field trip to uh, SeaWorld. And so we were on the bus for like an hour and a half driving down to SeaWorld. And we, the two of us were on a bench together. And he, we spent like that whole time playing D&D in our minds and I still remember him like describing this dragon that I was fighting and and me like this like perfect hero going around and and like letting me make choices we didn't have any dice we didn't have any books we didn't have any rules that we were following we were just telling this Dungeons and Dragons story together where I got to be the hero and it was like the funnest experience that I I had ever had and like I've been chasing that that experience (laughs) since like I was a little kid trying yeah I really really have and like and then when we hit junior high he finally got the books and we started playing with a with a group of friends and there was five of us that played together just uh I, I look back at those experiences with my closest friends and just like treasure the story mm. that we told together over years playing this game mm-hmm. with the same characters that we had over years. And then uh, transition into when I became a father and my have these two sons that love to play D&D with me and we would play with a couple neighbor kids and, and a couple adults in the neighborhood. We got this mix like kids and adult group mm-hmm. and we played for a few years and I realized that I got to be in my kids campaign that they will remember. Like yeah. I get to be a part of that group with them and this story that we told over a few years together, like we'll always have that. We'll mm-hmm. always be able to refer to those characters and those moments and that, that story and universe that we created together. It, it's like, those are, that's what I get out of Dungeons yeah. and Dragons is this like just awesome bonding that I get with people that I love. That's so. cool. And it's just as good, if not better than like that co-experience of like reading a book together. Right? Mm-hmm. I feel like everyone kind of had this, not everyone, but mostly everyone had kind of like this Harry Potter experience, right? Where everyone like knows Harry Potter. We grew up together with it and we experienced it. Like what Jason's saying is like, it's like this, your own little universe that you have. Yeah. Like the Harry Potter experience where you know everything and you've seen the characters and you've had these adventures together and you can always lean back on and be like, oh, wow. Remember that time that, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. That's really awesome. Yeah. We, uh, my daughter's three. She really loves stories right now so Mm -hmm. greg my husband he just showed her little nemo uh, adventures in slumberland the movie and yeah i'm nodding my head but i have no idea what you're talking about (laughs) like you know that's a go on it feels like a deep cut (laughs) but it sounds i never heard of it but apparently greg grew up with it and he's sitting there watching it with mabel and he's like Oh, I used to like think about that all the time. <laughs> and like, this is how I used to draw it. And then he would draw it for Mabel. And so now they're creating memories mm-hmm. based off of stories. Um, and Greg writes his own tabletop role playing games because mm-hmm. he thinks D&D Nerd. is too. Re- <laughs> <laughs> kind of. yeah. Sorry, Greg. Yeah. Eden Sorry, also Greg. has done that though, too. <laughs> I, the last one I played was yours. That Remember, true. Yeah. Nerds are cool one. now, right? Nerds yeah. are cool yeah. now. I wrote a one sheet. Uh, role so playing fun. game called Roses and Reasons, and it was based on <laughs> the nice. Bachelor franchise. Yeah. Oh, so, so good! To, the players are the <laughs> the suitors, so and then you have to try and win over the NPC. Yeah. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. Ten out of ten recommend. Yeah. It's Turned a out, yeah. RPG out, dating I can make sim. A really Got it. good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it did feel like Eden kind of just chose who she wanted though at the end. That it didn't really have a lot to do with the rules. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say yeah. that. Yeah. that one, well, that one I was, it was my first time ever yeah. like game mastering a, oh, sure. a, a game so i like panicked at the end i was like um uh, i pick um myself are you kidding me it was like a feminist twist. <laughs> i don't need a man and i was like oh my gosh i'm off this bachelor game show <laughs> i'm feeling single for the rest <laughs> of my life franchise sucks now no, it was really good though but greg and i met well we started to get to know each other carpooling to a D&D game. That is so cute. And then we actually have a painting in our house that my sister-in-law painted for our wedding of our D&D characters. Because my D&D character... What? 
was a half orc named Ulga, and his mm. was a halfling monk. Um, Nicole's face right now is what I love <laughs> about Dungeons and Dragons because there, there are people that that hear that story and think that's totally normal, and then there are these yeah. people yes. that have this like this I like, am shook. You know, it's, it's like this this like sweet appalled look yes. on your face where it's like I love everything you're saying and I have so much less respect for you. So many questions. I've just right been now. in your house. Which painting is this? She's like, is oh, it framed? It's is when it you framed? walk down the stairs. It's, it's that just, one. It's the big pink one yeah it's very abstract it, is it abstract it's, it's abstract it's abstract <laughs> okay so like you you have to kind of look for the orc's face and she's cradling she's cradling this, him of course a little ha- halfling so people often think it's like oh like baby she holding a baby yeah. it's like no it's me holding greg yeah. <laughs> greg's my baby greg's my baby <laughs> yeah this is beautiful you you have to send us a photo of it i, I will absolutely. send a photo yes, yes absolutely please. i gotta see that oh well, I'm just like, I've never heard this story. And I've been so many times. And I've commented on that painting like multiple Have times. You? And I'm like, yeah, I've been like, that's gorgeous. Yeah, it's gorgeous. <laughs> I've been like, right. And I've been like, yeah. See and like, no I'm decision to tell me, like, that's me as a half orc. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. And that baby's uh, my husband. Yeah, <laughs> it's like this whole universe. That's what I'm learning. There's a whole universe that I'm just not part of, and I like will never understand. And it's okay. It's true. It's, it's true. It's true, and it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. No, it's 100% it's okay. okay. I'm busy. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to be invited anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, nerds are cool now. Now you nerds not getting so invited cool. to Dungeons and Dragons. That makes you the uncool person. No, I know. <laughs> Trust me, I know. Yeah, you just got to start your own group. That's all. <laughs> yep. It's uh-huh. easy. You just need a hundred bucks. <laughs> thing I love about <laughs> D&D being more accessible now is previously, this was pre-Stranger Things, so not many people... <laughs> Eugene's got a little bone to pick with Stranger Things. <laughs> Sounds like that. Well, yeah. I stopped watching after the second season because I got really spooked. Well, we talked about it in our Goosebumps episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> but I would walk into Dragon's Keep, the local uh, nerd store. Sure. Mm-hmm. First thing you notice is, oh... They forgot about deodorant in here. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is. Yep. Yep. And it does catch you off guard. Still prevalent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still part of the, and then the brand. The when brand. you sit down, when you sit down. That'd at be like, funny to yeah. have D&D brand deodorant. <laughs> It's just not, it's, it's just, just like just a piece of plastic that you rub <laughs> under your arm. You never run out. That, that, that sounds like a failing business. It's make believe. Yeah, you don't need to buy a new one. Ever. <laughs> it's called D20. Yeah. D20. <laughs> yeah, you just sell them in different material yeah. types. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. D4U. 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 <laughs> but yeah, I, I would go into these open community, come anyone invited to come, just bring your character. And I would get so many eye rolls during that because I'm like trying to f- do math really quick in my head mm-hmm. and then like not really understanding like what I what like modifier I'm supposed to be adding to this situation that I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. This Aww. is not friendly. Aww. But then now that, yeah, post Stranger Things, I get to play with people who are much more understanding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The group got less exclusive. Yeah, the group got less exclusive and nicer smelling, too. You know, a lot of people who haven't played, when you invite them to play, they're like, I don't know how. I don't know how to play. Yeah. And if I go, everyone's going to think I'm dumb and I shouldn't go. And the truth is, is is Dungeons and Dragons is is a community game where we need more players. And and we love new players and love teaching new players and sharing the the game and so if if you're listening to this and you're like i've always wanted to play but i don't know how just find people that do and say hey i want to learn how to play and just watch what happens to their face mm-hmm. and how much information they're going to give you <laughs> jump <laughs> in my oh car my little child Come on, yeah. let's go. So they, will, yeah. they will baby bird you they will baby bird you yeah. <laughs> They will mother hen and they'll come in and they'll be like, come, join join the flock. Yes. We've been waiting for yes. you. Yeah, yeah. And if, you're, and if, and if they really like you, you yeah. Yeah. Now. if they really like you, they will give you gifts like dice that you yes. could use. They will like provide them for you. Yeah. yeah. So cute. I um, took my niece to Dragon's Keep because she was really interested in playing. And I'm like, I'll take you there. Yeah. Do you want to know what a dragon dice. smells like? <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, that was a funny trip because we bumped into some personalities there that I'm like, yeah, you can expect these next time you go to, yeah, if you ever go to a nerd store by yourself, (laughs) this this is what you expect. (laughs) Yeah. 
It is cool because it does feel, and I've actually been really impressed. So we're recording this in Utah. And I've been really impressed by the fact that like Utah does have like a huge community of live action role play and these tabletop games. I mean, there's like a mall in Provo that has like a monthly oh, yeah. market of like medieval and I, I don't know, but it's awesome. Like imagine Dragon's Eggs. Those are what's for sale. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Not Imagine yeah. Dragon's the band. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Im- imagine with your brains some dragon eggs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, I, w- I was imagining the other dragon. Yeah. <laughs> the Imagine yeah. Dragon's You're eggs. imagining the band's eggs. Like, they yeah. have eggs now? <laughs> Maybe. It's a cool band. Are thing. they mm-hmm. D&D themed? Not satanic at all. Everything's D&D themed. <laughs> Ultimately, <laughs> yes. Honestly, but... um. It's really cool, and it's really cool to see how inclusive it is getting. And I wonder how much of that has to do with Stranger Things or if it's just the kids that grew up in the 80s and are now having their own kids that are old enough to do this, like yourselves, that are inviting community. And you're cool people. Very and cool so, people. Seriously, <laughs> you guys have cool vibes. For the most and part. And I wonder if that has a lot to do with it, too, is just like that age, it's that generation is now mentoring the next and... Yeah, it's really neat, though. Honestly, as someone who's not part of the community, I do feel very accepted. Did you say not part of the community? <laughs> or the community. Uh, I thought you said a community. I'm not really like, part of any communities right now. Look at it. Someone who's never been a part of a community? <laughs> yeah, I've been talking to my therapist a lot about it. <laughs> but really, you have no idea. This goes very deep. Can we move yeah. on to another part? <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, I do have another question. Um, oh, yeah, how did you guys right. like the D&D movie that happened? Oh, yes. That occurred? I loved it. Oh, I love that. Keep going. I I thought it was way better than I thought it was going to be. Ooh. I thought it was really fun, cool. and and I tried not to be a D and D snob about it right. because there there's a lot of things <laughs> that I'm like, mm, like uh-huh. we should have the bard cast a spell <clears throat> at yeah. least once in the game. But oh, you know, gosh. I, I wish think, I'd seen it with all of you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, but you know what? I had so much fun, and cool. and I had a blast watching it with my kids. And cool. Like, yeah, it's a great, it's a great show. Yes. Um. There's actually three movies that I'm aware uh, yes, of. Yes, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to do the nerd thing. Actually, actually. there are three Dungeons and Dragons movies. Okay. You know, but when you think about it, the though, it's one. funny because I'm looking I'm looking it up, right? For anyone knows, there was one that was in two Dungeons and Dragons self-titled um Dungeons and Dragons that had Jeremy Irons was in it. Do you guys know? Who oh, is? I know Jeremy Irons. Yeah, he was Scar. in that one. Oh yeah. Yes, from mm. he's Scar from uh, the, Lion the Lion King. King. Yeah, Jeremy Irons was in that one. Or as, ba- <laughs> as you know a little too Uncle much Scar. about. <laughs> you know, Jeremy Lion Irons. King is my testimony. Uh, I guess there was <laughs> another the one. Of religion. But yes, you are talking about the one that has um, Chris Pine, right? Absolutely. So, <laughs> if that's the one we're going to be talking about, <laughs> <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> but tell us. Tell us your unadulterated. No, uh, no. Give us your adulterated one. You know, oh. no, what, is this what's your podcast rated? No, no. I'm just it's kidding. actually M. Oh, is it really? Oh, because you talk, talk about, about really interesting stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, content. A lot of content. No. There's a lot of content more. No, it's a joke. Um, I actually thought I'm I'm kind of in the same boat as Jason. Like my expectations generally were actually pretty low. Mm-hmm. Not because, not because like those types of movies suck. They really actually most of the time they do. But because. <laughs> Oftentimes they just try to like jump on the bandwagon of the brand and like they they think that the brand is going to carry the story. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, well, you know, oh, yeah, we can just if we just throw uh, Ghostbusters on it, mm-hmm. then we don't have to do any writing. It will just sell. And it, it mm-hmm. OK. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So not that Dungeons and Dragons was really huge, but I think it was time. I think that the idea that, you know, Stranger Things and like other things that are like with uh, like critical role and all the Dungeons and Dragons becoming so big. I think it was time for a good Dungeons and Dragons movie. And I think they did a good job for the most part. I think what I really liked about it is that it did capture a few pieces of what I would consider like general tabletop, just goofiness, right? Where it's like when you get a bunch of people together and you're just like playing role playing games, you're already a bunch of nerds anyways. Right. So it just ends up getting a little goofy. And I think there were a few things that they did in there where like, you're like, yeah, this is totally believable that would happen. Mm-hmm. In, in yeah, a real I, game. And, and I think that's interesting too, because we're, this whole thing, most of this was talking about like satanic panic, but the truth is, is most D and D games as serious as the dungeon master wants the game to be. Oh, and they try so hard. It, it just ends up <laughs> ridiculously silly and just, 
you know, like fart jokes everywhere. My, my like, wife, yeah. my <laughs> wife's the greatest. <laughs> my wife was telling me they started this D and D group up at uh, this organization called Encircle, and they spent like twenty five minutes stealing each other's drinks. Like that's the kind of stuff that's where so <laughs> funny. Like, people are like, oh, there's it's like, oh, the Satanists, they're going to be doing this stuff. They're summoning demons. No, they're stealing each other's drinks. They're making fart jokes. They're mm-hmm. like running around, like pushing things over, pushing cows over or something. It's just like all this mm-hmm. uh, using their magic to make big things small, that, mm-hmm. you know, and just throwing things around. It's it's mostly just like hilarity. But yeah. my first campaign, uh, we had a it was at a work yeah, it was a work campaign. And so one of my coworkers, he would roll his dice every so often. Mm-hmm. And he'll say, I roll for farts. <laughs> <laughs> and depending on what he rolls, he describes the type of fart that came out of his bottle. I hate that <laughs> so much. <laughs> and it could be in the middle of a serious situation. Uh, yeah, just yeah, whenever yeah. he felt like it, he just, I roll for farts. That's and so believe it or not. In Eden's house, there's a painting <laughs> of, of that fart. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of abstract. But so it's the mad. one with her like, cuddling a fart. Which just is Greg. Holding it. Which is Greg. Which is Greg. A little silent but deadly Greg. Uh-huh. I have another question. Okay. I like an answer my question. Did you have any misgivings or did you feel like the D&D community at large had misgivings after Stranger Things came out and more and more people kind of made it like cool? Like, or was that fine? Because I feel like um, it going like, We liked D&D before it was cool. Yeah, Yeah. like it's a sellout now. No, No. not at all. Cool. Not at all. Yeah, I actually think that as much as there might have been some level of gatekeeping of being like, Whatever, dumb. There's always yeah. going to be people who are like, eh, you know, you don't belong here. But I think the general consensus was like, oh, great, more people. Right? <laughs> we can actually play. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. More people to yeah. fit in my basement. Yeah, <laughs> so I mean, cute. I've never more been friends. in a community yeah. before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of that. Therapist. <laughs> I mean, the general joke. Build a join one. The general joke that comes with Dungeons & Dragons is that the hardest, hardest thing about playing Dungeons & Dragons is scheduling. Yeah. Right? Scheduling is the worst <laughs> the worst thing ever. That's the greatest demon that everyone has to fight is everyone's <laughs> schedule. Yeah. So the idea of being like, oh, look, more people to participate. F- I think the general consensus was like, oh, great. People saw it on TV and they're like, oh, this is cool now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not going to make fun of me anymore after I've been inviting them to join us so many times. Mm-hmm. Now they're actually maybe going to join us. And then if we have more people that can come, our likelihood of actually playing is a greater. So that was my thought. On yeah, my exactly. overall was just the re- response was always just like, cool, like really come join sweet. us, right? Oh my gosh! Yeah, we need friends. And I think so generally, <laughs> also for any of you who do know Dungeons and Dragons, the ultimate goal of bringing people into D and D is yeah. to get them to be able to run their own campaign. So that you can be so a that player. You can play. It's an MLM. Yeah, it's an MLM. It really is. It really is. Yeah. Come in. Yeah. If you join us and then you run your own campaign and then you get three other people to join, <laughs> that's really how it works. What advice do you have for parents who are concerned about their kids playing to, this game? To play with them. Okay. Number yeah. one. Yeah. That's the best way to, to do that is just to play with them, invite them and, and join a group yourself and play with them and use your imagination with their imagination and have fun. Yeah. Yeah. And if that is not an option for you. Yeah. Absolutely not an kids. option. I would say you get new kids. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Just trade them out. Uh, no, if it's absolutely not an option, I would say, um, and Jason, maybe you would have a better recommendation for this than I would. I would say that there's either some podcasts that you could listen to. Yeah. There's one um, they where they play with uh, artificial intelligence. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Adventure AI. A podcast called Adventure <laughs> AI that, that, that you could listen to. That would be to. my recommendation. That's uh-huh. the podcast. That season we three. It was. Uh, uh, that's not true. Season four actually was the one that was just <laughs> Uh, we actually may delete that season eventually just call it the lost seasons of Alex the language lord um, but I think that there, there, the thing about it is, is there's a lot of resources so I yeah. think you could go to podcasts like Adventure AI that's our mm-hmm. podcast there are a few others out there you could find some that are more like less less mature there's probably some that are a little bit cleaner that you can listen mm-hmm. to there are people who do live games on like Twitch so you can find like streaming services or YouTube you can find videos and like you can just watch them and to some degree, like, you'll be like, okay, yeah, these are like some, maybe they're a little weird. Maybe there's some nerdy guys. Maybe they dress up, guys and gals or yeah. whatever it may be. I was like, but it will give you a pretty good idea of what 
the game is it's and an how awesome the game works. Suggestion. And it's a it's a pretty good resource. You can take a look at it. There's also even if you go to like the actual official websites of like mm-hmm. Wizards of the Coast or Dungeons and Dragons, if you look that up, there is like the set of the basic rules. And if you really if you really truly love your children and you actually dedicate time to looking into things that they care about, then <laughs> no guilt trip. No guilt trip. <laughs> but if you did, yeah. if you're a good parent, if you're a good at parenting, yeah. uh, you could go there and like you can actually the the basic rules are free, right? Like yeah. you can pull down the basic rules and you can actually read through it and you'll see that's like. It's a rule well, it's, book. It's a rule it's book. A, yeah. It's like it's like any other game. Yep. Like it's just like yeah. it's like, it's basically it is literally as like Eden said. It's like really no different than you open a box of Monopoly and you pull up a rule book, and that's yeah. literally what you're gonna get. The rule book mm-hmm. is just ten thousand pages long. Yeah, it's yeah. the only difference. That's <laughs> the it's, it, it, so and there long. is there is this a little bit of like when you st- first start running a Dungeons and Dragons campaign where you're the dungeon master and you're in charge of the story and you've yeah. got players living in your world. That like when I first did that, I thought. The D and D police are going to come to my home and they're going to tell me all the rules that I'm breaking. <laughs> all this, but the truth is, is like the success of a game because this is this is a game that you're playing with people, but there is no like win or, or loss. Yeah, right? this is this is an ongoing game of storytelling, and so the every time like you just have to remind yourself if everyone had a good time you had a successful evening. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what you follow. And so sometimes you got to change the rules or or make up new rules or ignore rules for a little bit and and figure things out. And it's okay if you do it wrong cuz you you really can't. You, you these are just like guidelines that you follow and mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's pretty freeing once you once you allow yourself to be like, "Yeah, I'll I'll do whatever rule I want to do and that's that's how we're going to do it." Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So cute. Honestly, I love this. What other questions? Yeah. Well, you got more questions? That was my. Only, those are my only questions, no, really. Okay. What about you, Eden? Uh, no other questions. Well, I guess. Uh, do we want to give Alex the Language Lord something to say? Oh, to, yes. to close this out. Yeah. I think we should. To close so it out. <coughs> we, we should give Alex a, a little prompt on. Uh, <clears throat> I, you know what? Um, I, I think it would be a fun prompt. So, Alex, why don't we have? Uh, why don't you have us tell us why? Uh, D&D is satanic and should not be played <laughs> by, by yes. children and family. So I want to, I want to yeah. have, I want Alex to kind of explain, you know, be the bad guy. Right. Cause we usually make Alex a bad guy. So, mm-hmm. uh, I would like to hear his little monologue I on, like on why, um, <laughs> why we shouldn't play Dungeons and Dragons. And now here's where our podcast differs from mm. you. Well, we can ask him. Let's see. Yeah. Should we just Do, say, hey, we hey Alex, um, yeah. let's see. Your question was, <laughs> we did bring Alex with. We didn't ask him anything else yeah, until yeah. now. Alex is really good at just like sitting by the side. So we can ask, <laughs> we can ask Humble Alex and say, hey, Alex, you know, uh, tell us a little bit why D&D is satanic uh, and should not be played by children and families. Yeah, that's yeah. perfect. Alex, what yeah. do you think? I'm sorry, but that statement is not accurate. Dungeons and Dragons D&D is not satanic and there is no credible evidence to support the claim that it is harmful to children or families. D&D is a tabletop role-playing game that has been enjoyed by millions of people of all ages since its creation in the 1970s. It encourages creativity, problem-solving, teamwork, and storytelling. The misconception that D&D is satanic or harmful is rooted in a moral panic from the 1980s when some individuals and groups wrongly associated the game with occult practices. However, these claims have been widely debunked and D&D is recognized as a form of entertainment and a social activity that promotes imagination and strategic thinking. Many families and children have found D&D to be an enjoyable and educational experience, fostering social interaction and creativity. It's essential to base opinions and decisions about activities like D&D on accurate information and not on unfounded myths or rumors. Wow, it's like Alex yeah. was listening to us this yeah. whole time. So <laughs> he didn't even need to joy. record this <laughs> yeah. at all. He could have just done that. Thanks again for Thanks taking for another nothing. job of mine. <laughs> Thanks. Love it. Uh, this is I'm, sensitive. I'm the, only, <laughs> I'm the only whistleblower when it comes to AI. Everyone is so into it. And I just keep getting burned. So. Maybe uh, it's time you learn a new skill. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to a coding camp, probably. Okay. <laughs> probably, as everyone does. Uh, I like the sound of that, though. Burn This Book by Eden Wen and Alex the Language. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh, my gosh. 
Eden probably likes the sound of that. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Cradle oh. that little, a little monster in her arms. This is me holding Alex. <laughs> and that little fart is my old cohort. <laughs> Nicole. <laughs> we don't hear from her anymore. <laughs> um, thank you guys so much. Yeah, thank much. you so much. Of course. Yeah, thanks, for, thanks for having us on your show. Yeah. This I encourage so our cool. listeners to listen to Adventure AI. Yes. I'm on season three. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing that I loved about being on your podcast was that it it broke down the the intimidating factor of being a dungeon master because mm. um, we were so bad at it no because you introduced ai into it yeah it's like oh i could use ai as just like a brainstorming buddy of like okay i want this to be the theme that i want to go for in this campaign uh, give me some ideas. Yeah. And it just spat out ideas and you refined that on, on the show and all of that. So yeah. Thank you for a fun time on your, on your podcast. Of Thank course. you for a fun time on our podcast. You guys are, this you're was welcome. so great. I feel like I learned a lot. I feel more community oriented. I'm excited to, to advocate for D and D. Not that any, I've ever been in a situation <laughs> to do so, yet. but I'm hoping to find it. I'm you, hoping to find those people that are against you it. You haven't yet. You will. <laughs> yet. Everyone will. Everyone does. Yeah. The everyone does. Yeah. Well, we'll see you at the dragon's lair. <laughs> <laughs> we'll smell you at the dragon's <laughs> lair. <laughs> smell you later. <laughs> smell you later. <laughs> <laughs>